What's up, business gal pals? Welcome back to another week of Be Myself Now in Business, the podcast. I just wanted to remind you before we get started that I've released a great new video series called Three Secrets to Starting a Successful Business. Whether you're thinking about starting a business or you've started a business in the last couple of years and you're looking to take your ability as a decision-making business owner to the next level, you're gonna wanna check this out. I talk about where to spend your money, what to do for sustainable growth and how to guarantee results. You can get access to the three-part video series by going to the show notes or visiting bemyselfnow.com slash three dash business dash secrets. Now let's dive into the episode. Welcome back, business gal pals. This week, I'm talking to Donna Dubay of Productivity Plus. Donna provides operational excellence to six-figure entrepreneurs through an ongoing strategic partnership. She helps CEOs reach their full potential without the burnout and stress that can come with managing a growing business. Donna believes that ease and efficiency come from making data-driven business decisions. As she likes to say, data helps you stop leaks, find opportunity, and boost revenue. Know your numbers, grow your business. Welcome, Donna. Thank you so much for being here with us this week. Thanks, Danielle. I'm happy to be here and share with the audience. So business gal pals, I know a lot of us are at the beginning stages of business, and we might not have enough data to really make those data-driven decisions. And Donna and I had a little conversation about about that. And I knew she would be the perfect person to come talk to us about what we can do before we have that data. And it all boils down to our mission, our vision, and strategic objectives. So Donna, tell us a little bit about the origin of Productivity Plus before we dive into our conversation. Yes, thanks. So I started Productivity Plus as a virtual assistant, actually, um, coming into the online world. So I love to serve people. It's a passion of mine. I was a nurse for many years previous to this. Um, but in the online space, I, I really enjoy serving clients. And so I found that while I enjoyed the serving part, I didn't enjoy the virtual assistants work as much. Um, And so my brain is very wired for um, analytics and projects and management. Um, You won't find me in the grocery store without a detailed list of what I need to find. (laughs) And so I moved from um, virtual assistants more into operations and helping business owners with that side of things. Beautiful. I love how you were open to that evolution and willing to say, I'm not enjoying this so much. Maybe that means there's a pivot here that I can you know, move into more joyful work and things that really use my zone of genius. Yes, for sure. We all have to do that because sometimes we think something might be the right fit, but if it's not, it's not serving us or it's not serving our clients, then we have to be open to, uh, to that pivot and that change. Definitely. I love that. Business is all about serving ourselves as much as it is about serving the world. That's beautiful. So what is a mission statement and how is it different from a vision statement? Because I think often those two seem like the same thing. Yeah, good questions. So to back it up, when we're looking at mission and vision, this is the really foundation of our business. It's the core of our business, our guiding light. And this is something that helps us know where we are now and where we want to go as a 
business or company, right? So what does it look like inside your business? What constitutes success for you and your customers? Those are the types of things we're looking at. So when we talk about mission statement, these are um, things that are actionable. So things that tell the purpose of our business. It can be present focused, so it's focused on now, but obviously can change over time, like we were just talking about if you're pivoting or changing your business. And so it's going to be focused on the how, how we serve our customers. And so some of the questions you can ask when you're looking at, well, what is my mission statement? You can ask yourself, well, what do I do? Who do I serve? How do I do it? And what value am I bringing to the people that I do serve, right? Why do I even exist as a business in the first place? So those kind of questions will get your mind thinking as to what your mission statement is, where, who you are and what you do and why you do it, really. So that's mission statement. Vision statement on the other thing is on the other side is looking more at why the business does what it does. So it's how your business would exist in its most successful state. So your vision statement is aspirational. It's dreamy. It's where you want to go with your business in the future. Um, and so when we're looking at that, it doesn't have to have a solution. We'd want to dream. We want to dream big and see where could we go. If success rained down on us in the next five years, what would our business look like? What would our vision be? So this is usually something that's internal. It's not something that you would post on your website. You can if you wish, but it's mostly internal for you. If you have a team, you can certainly share that with your team so that they're also on board. Um, and some of the questions you can ask yourself when you're thinking, okay, what is my vision statement? You say, okay, if my company were to meet all of its goals, what would it look like in five to 10 years, right? Where do I want my company to be in the future? What do I want to be remembered for? Mm. So these types of questions, it's more longer term thinking of where you're going. That's, that's your vision statement. Yeah, I can see how they would really kind of work together to give you that full 360 view of your business, not only what you do and who you serve and how you do that, but where you want it to go and what you want it to sort of leave behind, you know, yeah. about you and about why you're in this world. That's beautiful. Yes. Yeah. I had a client once who was having a lot of trouble coming up with her vision statement. And so I said to her, imagine you were being interviewed by TV. What would you want your company to be recognized for? So that kind of helped her a bit to start thinking, okay, I want this and this and this. And they don't have to be perfect sentences, ladies. Start with some points, right? They don't have to be a perfect, you know, I've got all the right words and everything. Just start. Um, and so even if that's bullet points to start with, you're, you're getting the wheels turning. I love that question. What would you want to be known for if you were on TV? And that's a great thing to think about too, because really as our businesses grow, we do want more of that visibility, whether it's on TV, online, um, you know, wherever we put our businesses, we want it to communicate something about us and what we're doing. And so that's a wonderful way to think about it, especially early on. Yes. So how do we go about defining our mission and vision? So we kind of answer those questions that you shared, but how do we bring that in to, you know, that clear statement? And then what do we do with that statement? What is it for? 
Yes, good. So once we've, you know, written some points, then we can look at refining it and trying to write it in one or two sentences. You don't want three long paragraphs. That's that's too long because by the time you read through all that, you're you're confused yourself at what you're doing. So make it short and succinct. And then what I like to tell people to do is put their vision statement somewhere where they can actually see it. So whether that's your bathroom mirror on your desktop, on your phone, wherever, but have it in a clear spot so that you can see it. And the reason for that, Danielle, is because we all get tempted by the next bright, shiny object, right? Mm -hmm. I heard so-and-so is doing that. Maybe I should do this. I wonder if that would, and then we lose track of where we're going. And if we're constantly changing, our customers are going to have a hard time figuring out who we are too, right? And so if you put that vision statement somewhere where it's clear, then you can be referring to it. You can be looking at it. So when you hear something else, you can think, oh yeah, but wait a second, does that fit my vision, right? If it doesn't, okay, that can go to the side for now. Maybe it's still in your mind. Maybe you want to put it down as an idea for later, but make sure it's fitting with your vision. So you mentioned that our mission can kind of evolve as our business evolves. Does the vision ever evolve or does that stay the same? Yeah, it can evolve as well because as your mission changes, if you're pivoting and you're changing your business, then your vision can also change, right? And so let's say, for example, you've got someone who's in their early 40s when they start their business, their kids are maybe teenagers and they're working full time in their business. 10 or 15 years later, their kids might have moved out of the house. They may be looking at wanting to spend less time in their business, but still have their business running and supporting them financially. And so their vision may change because they may want to work more part-time. They may be hiring more consultants or more coaches or more staff or whatever to support that so that they can step away a little bit from that business. So it's still theirs, but their vision is going to look different. So how do we know when we need to reevaluate our mission and our vision? What's, what are some of the sign points that say, hey, it's time to give this a look over and say, is this still true to what my business looks like now? Yeah, good. So I suggest that people look at their mission, vision, and their values once every six months, so twice a year, whether you're pivoting or changing or not, because You may find there are changes and there's refinement that you want to make to it, even if you are still serving the same clients with the same type of programs. And so by looking at that twice a year, it keeps top of mind and helps you to make sure that you're in line with with your vision. So you mentioned values. How do we define those values in terms of our business? Yeah, good. So I look at the, the core values That's sort of describing what your business is and how it behaves. So it's like a moral compass for your business, if you will. And it really helps when you're trying to develop a company culture. If you need to bring on any consultants or any part-time, full-time, whatever sort of staff to support you, these are fundamental beliefs that um, belong to your company and tell the world what you're about. So things like what are your guiding principles? What do you stand for as a business owner? What things are you opposed to? What things you know, are pet peeves? What things drive you crazy that you don't stand for at all? 
And how do you wish to treat, you know, other people, other employees, customers, those types of things. So many times people will bring in their personal values into this as well. So if you are someone who believes in discipline and hard work, that may be part of your business value, right? If you are someone who believes in serving, that can be part of your business value. So really it ties together the business owner's personal values, but also as a company, what you want to look like to the rest of the world. Absolutely. I love that. I love that idea of bringing our personal values in, but also kind of expanding on that in terms of like the bigger entity that is the business that often does involve other people, at least eventually. And, you know, how do your personal values not conflict with your business values? Because I think sometimes, you know, some of our personal values stay personal, uh, but when it comes to the business, you know, we can't be conflicting with our personal values or else we find ourselves in this kind of bind where we're just not as joyful. Yes, for sure. And it helps too when you're looking to bring someone on and it can be a small thing. Let's say it's something small as, you know, you are an evening and afternoon person and early mornings are not your thing. You are going to want to bring on someone who can work in that same timeline when you can so that it's easy for meeting and foxing back and forth and that kind of thing. So it can be small details, but it really does help in the long run. Or if you are someone who likes humor or likes profanity and and how you interact on a day-to-day basis, that would be something that um, would be important to show to people who you are going to hire so that you can be aligned on those, those values. Yeah, creating kind of a strong community, even within your business team. Sure. Okay, so what are strategic objectives? Can you define that for us? Because I can think of what I might think that would be, like things we're reaching towards. Um, But I know you've got a much more kind of defined version of what strategic objectives are. And I'd just love to hear more about that from you. Sure. Yes. So how we move from our mission and vision into strategic objectives is that that vision is kind of like the overarching gate. And so when we go to set up what our strategic objectives are, we're keeping that vision in mind. And that's why everyone's objectives are going to be different because their vision is different. And so think of your strategic objectives as goals you wish to accomplish in your business. And there's sort of seven areas of business when we're looking at it from a strategic perspective that um, you want to set goals for. And these are true whether your business is a one-person solo entrepreneur or you are Bill Gates and (laughs) the biggest company known to man, right? Um, The same strategic objectives apply. And so I'll just give you a a heads up on what those are so that it becomes a little clearer. So number one is financial steadiness. Obviously, finances are important. We're all doing this as a business, not a hobby. And so um, making some sort of revenue is part of our game. And so understanding where our revenue is coming from and where our expenses are coming from is an important part. So you might have a goal under financial steadiness that you want to increase your income by 20% in 2022, right? So now you set a measurable goal that um, is clear by the end of this year, you want to be 20% ahead of where you are now. And so that sets up a good milestone for measuring because as you move along, you can say, okay, we're done two quarters. I'm halfway through the year. 
where am I at for my revenue based on what my goal was, right? And you could be exceeding, you could be slightly under, you could be right on par, but it gives you a good measuring stick to know where you're at and then what actions you need to take for the rest of the year to be able to meet that goal. The second um, strategic objective would be visibility, and that's our marketing. Again, another part of our business, some of us love it, some of us don't, (laughs) but still something we need to do. And so with visibility, I always tell my clients, don't try and tackle all of it at once. Pick a project per quarter to work on for your marketing. So let's say you're someone and you want to start a podcast or grow your podcast. That's a goal for that month, for that quarter. Don't add that and be on every social media channel and talk at four summits. And (laughs) you can see where I'm going with this, right? So we want to make sure that we're doing something that's measurable and also attainable. So visibility is our second strategic objective. The third is looking at operational excellence. So this is things like your systems, your tools, your processes, automations, that kind of thing, helping your business run with more ease. Um, And so suggestion here is when you have a certain task that you're doing on a weekly basis or a monthly basis to document that task, whether you make a little loom video or you write it out in a document, whatever's easiest for you, but just write down those steps and keep them. One, it helps you see how much manual work you're doing to do that task. But two, if you ever want to pass on that task to someone else and delegate it to someone else, you already have steps in place. So operational excellence is the third one. Fourth one is product creation. And for all the creative ladies out there, this one is probably where you love to spend your time. (laughs) So creating or refining products. Again, the tip here is to know your calendar and where you have space on it. So plan out something that's doable and something you can achieve. So, yeah, you want to start your new product. You're going to open up this new membership, but know that you probably can't achieve all of that in a week. And be reasonable with yourself and give yourself the space to be able to to do it. The sixth one is customer or client experience. So how are customers working with you? What's their journey like? What kind of milestones do you have in place for them to reach? That sort of thing. And then the last two are team growth. So if you have a team, um, how can you work with them to make sure you get the right hires and they're doing the right things at the right time? And the last one is professional development. So that one for most of us is probably something we're naturally doing. Um, It doesn't have to be, you know, signing up for the next big course. It could be listening to podcasts, reading business development books, um, setting aside some time in your calendar to really up-level yourself. And so I find most of the clients I work with are already doing some of that naturally, but just to have a goal um, for each of those. So then what you do is you take those seven objectives and make one or two goals for each objective. And as you're going through it, you're going to map out and think about which ones are most important for you. So out of those seven, probably three or four are really going to stand out as being really important for you for the next six to 12 months. And those are the ones that you're going to want to focus your time and energy on. Gotcha. So it's not something where we're trying to work toward all 14 of those goals all at once, but we're paring it down to like 
you know, what's, what's the leakiest hole, I guess might be a way to say it. Like where, where do I really need to shore up my business? And, you know, if my professional development is kind of something I'm naturally doing, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm reading books, I'm hearing from experts, then maybe that's not a focus then for the next year so much as, especially I think in this earlier stage of business that so many business gal pals find themselves in, maybe the visibility and the financial steadiness and that, that product development. A hundred percent. Yeah. And then what you can even do if you're a real nerd like me is you can map out your year by quarters. And so you can say, okay, I've got these three top objectives and I've got one or two projects in each of those objectives that I want to do. How will that fit in my year? So, okay, quarter one, I'm really going to focus on increasing my visibility and maybe finish up my product, my product that I'm making. Quarter two, I'm going to then work on selling that new product. And hopefully my financials will also increase, right? So things like that. So you don't have to do it all in the same quarter. Map it out so that, again, it's doable and you haven't caused your straw, yourself stress and burnout unnecessarily. Yeah, I like that idea of like looking at looking at it almost like dominoes, like which is the first domino that I need to knock down that will kind of lead to a natural progression into the next one, like that product development and the visibility leading into then a focus on sales and financial steadiness. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure. Because they go together. You can't have one without the other. What do you think are some of the biggest obstacles that women run into in business when it comes to tackling these strategic objectives? I would say first up, many don't spend the time to map it out first. Maybe half of my clients have a mission and a vision. The other half, that's not even clear to begin with. And none of them have really spent time looking at these strategic objectives and which projects fit under which one. So they're just kind of thinking, oh, I should work on this. I should work on that. And they're being pulled in so many different directions. And so I think if you can take the time to sit down and do this process for your business, doesn't matter how big or small it is, it really gives you that guiding light to know what are you working on. And yes, that other thing you want to do, but that's okay. You don't have to worry about that now. That's slated for quarter four. You need to focus on what's in quarter one. And where do you keep this information so that you can, you know, keep it top of mind and at the top of each quarter, maybe review it and remind yourself of what it is you're actually wanting to do in your business? Yes. So it depends on how you work. I personally like to keep things like this in a project management tool, um, Asana, ClickUp, some of those. I just find it's nice to see on a board. And so I can see quarter one, quarter two, three and four. So it's nice and clear that way. But really, you can do it anywhere. If you're happy with spreadsheets, you can do it in a spreadsheet. If you like a Word doc, you can do it there. Um, just do it is the most important part. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that always the case in business? <laughs> just however your process looks, that's fine. But get it done. Get into it and make it happen. <laughs> yes, for sure. Well, thank you so much. If you had a favorite business hack or a bit of advice that you wanted to share with the business gal pals, what would that be? Oh, good question. I think I would have to say taking the time to really clearly lay out your mission and vision, because it really does help you to bring so much clarity and direction to the months ahead, right? And 
for me personally, I found it just really helps me with that bright, shiny object as well, because, you know, there's lots of different ways to be successful in business and we have to find what works for us and what works for the product and the niche that we're selling. Right. And so really being clear on that mission and vision, it's really does lay the foundation to move you forward and to, to propel your business. Mm, I love that. That's absolutely true. It's like such a, such a guidepost for your business as you move through all these different objectives. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Donna. I really appreciate your time and your expertise. If someone wanted to find out more about what you provide in terms of productivity and learn more about Productivity Plus, where can they find you? Yeah. So my website is productivityplusva.ca. So they're welcome to uh, check that out. I do have a resource there. If they just go under the resources tab, there's a mission, vision, and values guidebook, which will go through a lot of what we talked about today, but it's uh, fillable. So you can actually um, fill in and jot down your thoughts as you're working through your mission and vision and values. So uh, if they'd like to use that to uh, help them get started, then be my guest. Perfect. Yeah, I love that. I will link to all of that in the show notes, business gal pals. Go take a look, go do this work on your mission and vision and values. It is really, really important and it will change the game for you. Thank you so much, Donna, for providing that. And thanks for being here today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Danielle. It was fun. 